podium. Okay. Mr. Randy, Reverend Randy Seaman. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Welcome. We don't have that little microphone. Last year I was black. Yep, Mama Randy, I'll hear about that all year, I promise. I love, uh, I love good preaching. I'm built and edified by good preaching. I loved your word. I really did. It meant a lot to me. I just, you know, I like to hear. I like to learn. I've been walking with the Lord many, many years, and I'm still learning. And, and I like to hear people's testimony. The rolling down the hill. And I love to hear Pam speak. I love to hear my wife speak, as long as she's not talking to me like that. Amen? And Alan, about how he puts pieces together and how they're building the church and building the kingdom. And I love to hear Eddie speak. For many years, I didn't have anybody and I, you know, to, over me. And the Lord really said, you need to get somebody over me. He spoke that to my heart, that I needed to have a covering. And God knows that I am not normal, amen? <laughs> not conventional, how's that? Because I don't have time for bull. I work a full-time job. And by full-time, I mean I work 50 hours a week, no less. And I do that at night, and then I run a church. And I've had pastors tell me, I know how you feel, and I look them right back in the eyes, and I say, no, you don't. You're sitting in an office three, four hours, five hours a day. You don't know how I feel, so don't talk to me. And I say those things. Don't talk to me. But I knew about a man named Eddie Mitchell. I heard about him. I had met him once. And the Lord really put in my heart to go see him. The Spirit of God spoke to me. Remember when I told you, I have never heard God speak audibly to me. But I know when God is speaking to me. I know in whom I have believed. And in a little while, I'm going to tell you some of the things that, that the Lord has done through me. And God can use me because I don't think I'm very smart. I'm smart enough to know that I don't know everything. I have a little store of wisdom, but I need help. And I know that. And I told God that. I spoke to God and said, I need, you know, I know, God, I know I need help. But I won't follow just any man. I need to follow a man who I know is as fearless in Christ as I am, who has been walking with the Lord longer than I have, who is more intelligent than I am. So I can learn and I can be encouraged and indeed be, I can even be corrected. Want to follow stronger men. So Eddie, I called Eddie one day from the north, which is, was very cold and we went down there and the reason that, the thing that struck me with Eddie, the thing that sold me with Eddie, is we went out to eat. You will not remember this because you're like me. You do it every day. 
But I'll never forget it because I was looking in a leader for somebody who really wants to see people come to Christ. And he wants a real conversion. And we went home and talked about it and that sold it up for Jamie and I. Remember that? We went to a little place and we were sitting outside. And I don't know if Eddie ever thought he was going to embarrass me. I believe he didn't care because I'd been with him. I know him now that he don't care what other people think of him. He cares very little if he's judged by other people. But he asked the waiter, are you born again? He asked the person beside him, are you born again? And I just went home and I said, God, that's the man. You were right, that's the man. And I swore an allegiance to that day, not because he was the smartest man, but I knew he had the heart of God. Then later I found out he was pretty smart. Can I get that water, honey? That I'm not the smartest man. You know what? I like to learn. And I, so I know I'm not a teacher, though. I know that. So I don't even try that. Now, we all need to teach a little bit. Amen. But I know I'm not a teacher. I know that's not my gift, so I don't delve into that and try to be something that I'm not. Amen? Well, I just know that. You know, we try to do things that God didn't ask us to do, and we get frustrated because we don't, you know, we're not, we, we just never feel a sense of accomplishment. What I believe that I, I believe that I am is not a pastor. Although I do pastor at this time, Eddie. But the only thing that matters to me is people's souls. That's it. I, when I gave my heart to Christ, I remember standing on the side of a garbage truck. My wife had packed my clothes. She said, I don't need you anymore. You're nothing but a paycheck. Don't bother coming back. The jail minister had been ministering to, you, to me for a long time, so that tells you what kind of a guy I was. People were trying to minister to me and give, get me to give my heart to Jesus, and I was at the bottom of a, of a bluff, a hill, and it was cold and snowy. And the jail minister left a note on there for me. He said, Randy, I love you. And God loves you so much that he sent his son to die in your place. And he sent me a letter about the crucifixion. And I had been preached to many, many times. But I knew this guy loved me. And at the end of the letter, something there were no peals of thunder, no flash of lightning. Of course, it was snowy. The heavens didn't open up. But somehow, in that minute, I understood that the blood that was shed that day, God shed for me. And it was like the world stopped spinning for just a second and the heavens opened up and I broke and I began to cry. And I began to sob because I knew that blood that flowed was because of my sin. 
And I was so sorry. I said, Jesus, please forgive me. Come into my heart and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And I was sobbing and my half-brother's driving the truck. He thinks his big brother had a nervous breakdown. He didn't know his brother just got gloriously converted and met God at the back of the truck. And I walked in, back up to the house and I, after everything was done and I had done crying and I thought my wife, I thought just like, you know, Lauren's saying everything's not going to be great. I thought everything was going to be perfect. So I went up to the house. My bags was packed. My wife has gotten me out of the house. And I went up there and I'm thinking she's going to be so excited. I just gave my heart to Jesus. I said, guess what, honey? I just got saved. You know what she said? So? So? And my heart broke. And I said to Jamie, I said, you know, I don't remember exact words, but I said, give me another chance. Give me another day. And she gave me another day. And she gave me another day. And she gave me another day. Now, I was not perfect. I was a drunkard. I was a drug. I was on drugs. I was fighting all the time. I was in the bar, and I had a lot. God had a lot to clean there. It was a lot. Day after day after day, I continued to show her the change of Christ. And at the end of a month, she knelt down at the altar and said, If ye can do it, I can do it. Amen? Come here. So we went from, we, we went from leaving each other. And the Lord came after we submitted our heart to Christ and said, Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me to having the worst marriage, to teaching marriage for 41 years. 40 years. 40 years. I gotta, guys got to recognize his wife once in a while, right? Well, I've got to tell her, because whether you believe it or not, your men, who, you know, your wives, your wives are propping you up, and a lot of times you don't even know it. They really are. And i got about 50 minutes, and I'm going to take it here. Because I wanted to tell you today that I am not the smartest man. My wife, is now that you know her, she will attest to that to you. And she will say, he is definitely not one of the smartest guys in the church. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, I, I really meant it. And I began to worship, and I understood that the Father loves with such a deep love. Remember what Lauren said? I knew it that day, Lauren, and I mean this. Before Jesus Christ, He knows. I understood that He loves me. He's a restorer. And I understood that day that I owed the Lord everything. When I gave Jesus my heart, I didn't give Him my Sunday heart. And we got a lot of people who give Jesus their Sunday heart. Then after church, then they go have a nice meal and then they go have a nice football game or whatever, soccer game or whatever you do and everybody's having a good time and then all week long it's back to what you were talking about and they get their old heart back and they put, their, they put the Jesus heart back in until next Sunday, amen? Happens all the time. But I gave Jesus my whole heart. 
And I ask God continually, and I want to tell the men of God continually, my wife can hear, still hear me spray this to this day. God, check my heart. Give me a heart that loves you. Give me a heart that wants to serve you. God, give me a heart that will live and die for you. And give me a heart for those. Used to sing a song. Can I sing you a song? And nobody promised me you won't run away. Look at, look at her. We used to sing a song. went like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine soul. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine mind. I will love you, Lord my God, with all of my strength. You know what that came from? came from my heart, the depths of my soul. And the Lord, I, I kept going to church and I would see people and I would look and I would, you know, and I could sense the pleasing of God and I would read the word of God and, and one day all of a sudden I was, in a, I was in a Bible study and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and then I really went crazy. Really went crazy. And I started to get, and I want the church to understand that we can't walk out God's purpose the way that God wants us to walk out the purpose. We won't have a sense, the depth of the sense of the presence of God that He wants us to have unless we walk in the Spirit. Unless we determine to be spiritual. And we, and he gave us tremendous tools. And whether anybody, I, I, in, in America, and I can't imagine it's anywhere any different here, we don't like to speak in tongues in front of people or around people because it sounds silly. The only person it sounds silly to is, is you or the people there, but it does not sound silly to God. And the Lord said, he who prays in the Spirit builds himself. Well, if that's the case, we really need to be praying in the Spirit all the time. When I go to work, on the way to work, I am praying in the Spirit. When I'm at work, I'm praying in the Spirit. Now, I don't pray in the Spirit loud so people look at me and think I'm nuts and they can't communicate with me. But you know what? I pray in the Spirit all the time. Lots and lots and lots of times. And then the other thing, we worship in the Spirit. Amen? Now, I don't know what it is with men, but we don't like to worship in the Spirit like women do. Women, my wife, I'm sure I listen to the women. But the men, they struggle a little bit. Oh, but it's beautiful, God. It's beautiful to the one who died to purchase your soul. See, it really doesn't matter what I think. So I began, Brother Ben, to worship in the Spirit. And I worship in the Spirit more than I pray in the Spirit. That's fact. 
I worship in the Spirit all the time. You know why? Because the Father asked me to. And the more I worshiped and the more that I grew in the spirit, I began to get closer to the Lord. The more time I spent in the spirit, the more time, the, the, the things of this world, like the Lord said, grew strangely dim. And my priorities began to change. And I began to hear God like I had never heard the Lord before. And you, it, the more time that you spend in the Spirit by yourself, the more miracles that you will see and the clearer your direction will be. We have miracles happen, happening all the time. And I don't mean like, uh, you know, $30 came in. It wasn't very long ago when we were in the Spirit on the Lord's Day in the congregation. It wasn't very long ago. A lady came up to us crying. Now, we love miracles, don't we? I love them, man. I just, I get supercharged with miracles. We were in a, we were in a service. This was a few years ago. I want to start because we, we get all kinds of miracles in church, and that's great, and we need to have them there. But that, I, that's not where... I, you know, I like the miracles out of the church. Them are the ones that I'm after. I'm looking for direction by God saying, go left, then go up here a mile, go to the right, and there's a guy waiting there, and I need you to share with him. And the only way you can hear that is if you spend, number one, you spend time with the Lord, and number two, you just go do it. He's not going to tell you to do something that you're not going to do. I think God loves us enough not to embarrass us embarrass us that much and he's wasting his time and so the more time that you spend with the Lord the clearer you hear the Lord and it's you know and, and you somebody said well God has a sense of humor well he does sometimes he lets us go and we go the wrong direction because we didn't hear right and he goes Pfft. God has a sense of humor amen when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit I got in a church Eventually, God moved to, to have our, our own church, and we did, and we, we continued. The thing that I'm most proud about, the church that I'm in, it, we didn't take people from this church, and we didn't go ask a bunch of people to come from that church. We didn't ask people to come from this church. We began to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and had converts. And I have people who have been with me from the very, very beginning. Church is full of people we led to Christ and we baptized. That's, uh, that's, that's what the Lord uh, really, really wants to us. You know, the church is full today. Listen to me, people, please. The, the churches are full of unconverted people. They really are. And we're trying to teach them spiritual principles and they don't have ears to hear because they've never really been converted in their heart they've never really been taken to the cross 
I can't be a teacher. I can be an evangelist. I can teach just a little bit. And here's what the Lord said to me about today for the leaders today. Get in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. I have things that I want to say to you. I have direction that I want to give to you. I have people that I want to send just you to. I have people prepared for you to talk to. How many of us here believe that the Lord filled us with the Holy Spirit when we asked for it? Come on. Raise your hand. It's okay. You should be proud of that fact. Amen. I've been born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And now the ministry begins. And in my life, this is what the Lord began to share with me. I would read the Bible and I would read things like this. In Acts chapter 4, he says, And when they had prayed, this was Peter and John, and they had just healed a guy. They had picked him up, and they had healed him because he was I had a bad ankle or something. And just what you said, there was them but sums. It was those same but some guys. They must have been hanging out together. Amen. They was, there was but some. This ain't right. They healed on the Sabbath. And so they threw him into prison, threw him into jail. Threatened them. This, I don't remember if this was the time they got thrown into jail. They had been thrown into jail many times. But, but then they, these people were threatening them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And all they were trying to do was something good. Just like we all want to do. We all want to do something good. But you have an enemy. And he's very, very real. And he said, they were praying and they said, For truly in this city there were gathered together, in chapter 4, verse 27, Gathered there together your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles, to do whatever your hand purpose, you, your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may... Speak your word with all confidence and extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now I'm going to stop and go to the next one there. I want you to know that you were born to be miraculous. We were born again, but unless you continue to grow in your spirit, you won't hear God say, you know what? Go up and prophesy to that brother and tell him that he was born for greatness and I'm going to come to him in the night and he will doubt no more. Go up there and tell him that because he already knows it. But I need, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, I said it now, Randy, you go say it. Tell him I'm for him like the horns of the wild ox. And because, because these men determined to serve Jesus. You know, we talk about the Lord, we talk about God, we talk about the Holy Spirit. But I want the church to know we've got to get back to Jesus Christ. It is the name that is above all names. Jesus himself said, no man comes to the Father but by me. Who was this guy? He's Jesus Christ. And so he said, they, they, they said that and the Lord just shook the place because they called out his sons by name and said, you know, you predestined this through your son Jesus. Yeah. 
And so they're going to do, they're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to lay hands on the dumb. They're going to lay hands on the blind. And people are going to receive their sight. People are going to get up and walk. And you know what? The reason they did it, because they prayed, God, God, give us those signs and wonders. And we don't ask because, you know what, there's something wrong with us and the devil can condemn us or convict us, so we don't ask God for that. Now, I want to tell you what the church got to get back to. It ain't the super pastor. It's the people out here who say, God, give me eyes that see. To this day, I still say, God, give me eyes that see and ears that hear. I'm going to get to the crux of this message in just a second. I, you know, well, where are the signs and wonders? Had you asked God, God use me? Well, no, I want them to use him in case I fail. Because I tell you what, <coughs> it takes courage to walk up to somebody and say, you know what, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I curse this cancer and say to you, you have no place in the daughter of Zion. But we did that with a woman who had lumps in her breast. At church, and at church is the cool place to do it, ain't it? I love it because there's a roaring crowd, Eddie. I love, I love the roaring You know, God loves the roaring crowd. There's nothing wrong with that. We're supposed to get excited. We're supposed to get up and shout, Go, Jesus! Go, Jesus! Go, Jesus! Go! That's from another message that I preach about walking on water. Because if them guys in the boat would have done that instead of being a bunch of butt sums, amen, if they wouldn't have been, back, well, he just, you know, I know what's wrong with him. He just don't believe. If they'd have cried out that day, right, Jamie? If he'd have got out of that boat and he'd have said, and you know, if they'd have been walking in the spirit like they were supposed to and getting behind a guy who had courage like the church doesn't want to do but somebody get out of the boat and they're going to walk on the water to the Savior and they should have cried out, Go, Peter! Go, Peter! Go, Peter! Go! We'd all be walking on water. Come on. We're in church, and I love church. You know, I love God's Word. It, it, I have to have somebody teach it to me many times. <laughs> but I love it. I love the part where in the Bible where it says... In the book of James, is there any among you sick? Is there any among you suffering? Is there any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And he'll anoint them. They'll anoint them with oil. And a prayer offered in faith will restore such a one. And if they had committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. So this lady, and this is how God confirms to people his word. That Jesus loves them and that, his blood, that God sent his son to, to shed their, his blood for them. Signs and wonders are the expectation, not the exception. You believe that? Because if you don't, you're in the wrong business or you need to change your mind. Because God wants to use you. He wants to use you. The only difference between my hands and yours is these are mine. Amen? <laughs> but this lady, then we say that, stopped the service many times. One day this lady comes up and she says, she's sobbing and crying, remember? And she says, I got these lumps in my breast. I said, okay. See, I know in whom I have believed, and I know him who said that. And I just said, you know what, God? 
I know what you said in the book of James. Took somebody to give me some oil. We took some oil. I'm an elder in the church. Call the other ones up. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we take authority over this. And we say, young lady, when you go to the doctor, there won't be any lumps. When you go back, there won't be any lumps. Right, James? And she went back to the doctor, and guess what? She didn't come back. Oh, there's more lumps. She came back. There's no lumps. Because Jesus, amen? Because God, because God, we did what God said, so he, and God did what he said. A really short time ago, a, a person, a Vietnam veteran, got all shot up in Vietnam. We had been out, and, and we had led him to Christ in his house. And we got him to church. He has to come to church with an oxygen tank, Agent Orange. And my wife knows this fact. I got cancer. Can you pray for me? Lung cancer. Let's start treatment this week. It's just a couple of three months ago. His name's Joel. And all of a sudden the devil comes. Well, you know, it's really serious. And if you do this and nothing happens, you're going to look like a fool. You know what? I heard that. I heard that, Eddie. You know what I said? Go get the oil! Go get the oil! I speak loud because I'm not listening to that stupid voice that's telling me he don't do that anymore. This is bigger than God. This is bigger than God. So we got the oil. And I put some oil on his forehead and I said in the name of the Lord Jesus he was embarrassed about the whole thing because he had just got born again he didn't want me to tell anybody what it was but God knew Eddie God knew God knew told us in private so I said to the body I said be in prayer I'm going to pray for this man and I said the same thing I always say the same thing because I speak back to God what he said for me and I said you know what God I just did what you said now you do what you said And I anointed him with oil, and he went to the doctor to go get treatment for a lung cancer. And they took the x-rays again to find out how they were going to address it. And he was clean, gone. That's just short, short time ago. We love those things in church. And, you know, God does those things in the church for the church. Amen? And we could go on and on and on about miracles. But the kind of miracles I like the best, uh, the kind that I like the best, are these kind. These come out of a personal relationship with Jesus. These come out of waking up in the morning and determining I'm going to hear you and I'm going to obey you. We say, we all, you know, and rightfully so, we say we're going to obey God, but then we'll turn our music up so we don't get clear direction from God. Because sometimes God's asked us to do some pretty difficult things. Scary things. Talk to people you never met before in your life. So I really like these kind of miracles, but you've got to be in the Spirit. You've got to be in the Spirit to, to, to hear God say this. And you have to determine in your heart that I'm a fool for Christ. And even if I make a mistake, I'm going to make a mistake that, 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 that is in an attempt to glorify Jesus, the one who died for me. 
I want you to know when you go someplace and you lift up the name of Jesus, what you're doing is you are just getting God to point down at earth and say, support that guy. Support that guy. He's talking about my son. He's talking about my son. He's talking about my son. You know, and I wake up in the morning. I don't worry about what the devil's going to do, do I, Jamie? I never, ever do I worry what the devil's going to do. I don't worry about what he's going to say. I don't worry about where he's going to go. But I do know this. Remember when my wife said, my, the devil, he, he, he can't read your mind, but he can hear you? I do know this. He's listening close. Because he's going to find out where I'm going today so he can get the heck out of there. And I mean this. And if I don't know where I'm going, he's going to hang around me because he knows I am going to do something for Jesus. These are the kind of, these are the kind of miracles that I like. And everybody knows the story. It's the Ethiopian eunuch. And some, and, and this is where I'm getting with the church with miracles and, and, and salvation. This miracle is wrapped around salvation. One day we're going to stand before the Lord. You are and I am. And as I was reading the Bible, God knew my intense, deep love for him. He knows that. He knows that everything I have is Him. He knows I'll travel 6,000 miles to talk to people I haven't seen to try to encourage them and say, God knows your name. God is waiting to hear from you and use you. And God is waiting to do great things through you. Be encouraged, brother. If not us, who? He's going to use us, amen? If not us, who? And one reason why I think God likes me, because I'm not very smart. I never try to outthink God. But I like the story. I just say one more thing before I get to this story. When I read the Bible, I read about John and Peter and I, the way they laid their lives down. And I was, I'm jealous all the time. You know, I, I know this. This is what the Lord says in His Word. He who wins souls is wise. We need teachers. We need apostles. We need teachers. I need teachers. I, I wish you could, everybody could, I, I, the wor- most horrible thing that I thought about this message was is they would, people would think that I thought that I was the end. And I know that I'm not. I'm just a part. Just a, just a small part. I need teachers. I need prophets. I need apostles. I need them to keep me straight and let me know when I miss God. And encourage me when I'm discouraged. But I read these stories. And I look at these guys. And I know they're going to go to heaven. And he's talking about hearing well done. And all I ever want is the Lord to hear. I've turned my whole life over, brother, to hearing well done, thou good and faithful servant. My whole life over to hearing that. And so I can see heaven opened up and I see these guys standing around, Moses, Paul, Peter. In my mind's eye, I can see them. And they've got great things to offer God, the souls of men. And I remember weeping and saying, Father, please, I don't want to come to you with empty pockets. 
and I don't want to be ashamed of what I accomplished. God, help me. Help me win the loss. Help me win the loss. And Philip was the same way. The eunuch, uh, he said, uh, I'll start, I don't, I don't have a lot of time. The, the Spirit said to Philip, go up to the chariot. Who told him? Spirit told him. He was in the Spirit. He determined to hear God. He was at a point during his day when all he was trying to do was hear God. Hear God. And the Spirit told him, go up. Go up to the chariot. Hard thing to do because he wasn't supposed to do that. And can you imagine what, if that were you or I, how we would feel? Go, run up to the chariot. Can I talk to you about Jesus? He's going to think I'm crazy. And we'd all think that. The Holy Spirit tells him, run up there. All right. And he said, Philip ran up and he heard him reading the Isaiah of the prophet. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless somebody, someone guides me. And he said, he invited Philip in and he came in to sit down with him. And now the passages he was reading was he was led like a sheep to slaughter. And I want you to realize Jesus was slaughtered. He just didn't go to an electric chair. He was beaten. He was accused. He was maligned. He was, had his hair pulled out. He was punched in the face. And he was mocked. And he could have quit at any time. But for your sake and mine, he didn't. And the father is very jealous about his son and how he's talked about. And he's very jealous about his son, how his son is represented. Very jealous. And as a lamb before the shears, he is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate to this generation? For his life has been removed from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, Tell me, who does this prophet say of this, of himself or someone else? And Peter opened up his mouth and began to speak to him, Jesus. And the eunuch got born again and baptized. And you know what, church? And we, we get this sometimes wrong. I'm going to tell you what happened to me at work the other day. These are the kind of miracles I really like. Because these are just between me and God. Nobody else sees them. Amen? These are just little treasures between me and the Father. These are little treasures between you and the Father. You need to go out and preach Jesus by yourself just a little bit. And it's personal between you and God. And God will give you wisdom. God will give you insight. Amen? Well, I tell you what, guys. Anybody here knock on doors? I hate knocking on doors. When I tell you about Jesus, that's my wife. She drags me with her. I have no trouble walking over here and talking to the guy that's not inside of his house. But my wife will walk right up. You want to go to this door? Yeah. Hi, we're here just sharing our faith. Do you have a few minutes? We'd like to talk to you about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wham! The door went last Saturday. This is why I don't like doing this, honey. 
At least out there they can't slam a door in my face. Amen? I'm not sure the Spirit led you there. My, my wife, well, they had truth today. All right. I was a butt some. You know what else happened, though? Because she was being led by the Spirit, and I didn't have courage at that time because I hate knocking on doors. We prayed for a lady with a brain, that had brain surgery. We laid hands on a woman who had a bad knee. And we had people in church from that community the next day because we were there preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They weren't transplants. They were implants. Amen? I wanted to make sure for you I got the whole story in her. I know I was going to hear about it tonight. Walking in the Spirit, though, we make that sometimes, Eddie, brother, brothers and sisters, sometimes we make that too spiritual. We really, really do. You want to get in the Spirit. You want to abide with God. You want to hear God. You want to be steered by God. You want, to, you want to bring the Lord joy. You know when the Lord says there's more joy over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous men. That's where we need to have focus. Just like teaching, I like to learn. But I want to tell you what, even the teachers need to get out and preach Jesus. Because you'll teach just a little harder. You'll, you'll try just a little harder. You'll study just a little deeper to unlock the souls that are bound up in sin and are bound up in bad habits that I have bound up in misunderstanding because if they don't get this right, they're going to fall away. So you'll just you'll take that on and you'll know that you've got to get this right and so you'll dig just a little deeper. To get in the presence of the Lord, I work 50 hours at work many, many, many times. I've worked as much as 15 hours a day and still went home and seen people. Really have. Because Jesus comes first. When Jesus looks out, you're going to hear it tonight when you come to that crusade. If we speak, if I speak, you're going to hear the gospel the way it was always intended to be preached. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. As the Lord was over the hill looking at it. Who kills the prophets and stones those I've sent to her. How long I wanted to gather you. And that should be our heart. Oh God, I want to gather with you. I want to gather with you. I want to gather with you. I want to move your heart. And he says in Psalm 15, this is how we abide daily. Can I say this? Abide in his tent. He's talking about being in the presence of the Lord. This is what he means. I've got this written right on my office in my church. I spend about three hours a month there. Maybe not even that. Because I continually, Lauren, am in the harvest field. I leave the office to the pastors, Eddie. I really do. My office, though, in case I ever want it, I can kick them out. Amen. How do I daily walk in the Spirit? Oh, Lord, who may abide in your tent? He's saying, who might get in there with you, God? Who's going to get in there with you? I want to sit down by you. I want to come into your tent. You know the cool thing about a tent is? All the tents that we have in Wisconsin, they're just little tents. They're just like this. Eight, ten feet. 
And I get, always get that picture in my mind, Eddie. So I see a picture of God sitting there. And I just say, but here's God. I'm in a tent with God. Father, I love you. Just talk to me. Talk to me. Give me ears that hear and talk to me in this little tent. Well, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks in integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. Got a couple of quick testimonies here that the Lord, when you say, God, test me, try me, see if there be any wicked ways in me, you better, you better be ready for it because God's going to show you. And so I wasn't that long ago a woman or a man stuck his butt through a stained glass window at my church on youth night probably six months ago and I was furious and I said to the youth leader I said somebody's got to fix that window they gave us $600 to fix the window somebody the person that stick his butt through the window did and we have a we put it into church funds we were going to fix the window someday we actually had a plan to do that we actually got a hold of people but then we were going to put a ramp in all these months later, five, six months later, and we were going to put a ramp in, and, and somebody literally said this to me when I talked to him about the money. I said, well, we got this $600 in here for the window, but now we don't need the window. And the guy said to me, well, let's use it for the ramp. You know what the Lord said? You give that money back. You got the money for a window. You give that money back. And I want to tell you something. That Sunday, I stood the guy up in front of the church. I said, you're the one that stuck your butt through there, ain't you? He says, yeah. I said, here's your money for that window. We don't need it. We're not going to use that window. I can't get rid of that guy now. We could have took that money and nobody would have knew it. Because we could have took a window from somewhere else and put it there. But the Lord said, walk in integrity. Good thing that's water. If that was coffee, I'd be in trouble. He does not slander with his tongue. He should be glad when you're winning. He should be glad when the guy beside him is winning. As he's serving Christ, don't look for a reason to disqualify. Get behind him. He's increasing the kingdom of God. He does not speak evil of his neighbor. He takes up a or nor take up a reproach of his friend in whose eyes a reprobate is despised but honors and fears the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change and he does not put out his money, lend out his money at interest nor does he take a bribe from the innocent. When I go to work every day, every day, on the way to work, godless men who are going to use me for every ounce of energy I got. I'm going down the road and I try to go 50 miles every day one way to work. I'm going down the road and I just begin to worship the Lord in the Spirit. And I'm talking and praising and all of a sudden I begin to pray for those who are despitefully using me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my wife, she sees how I pray going down the road. She'd look at, look at, look at Pam. Go ahead, do that again. My wife said, you, you praying? She said, you got your eyes open? Because I would be praying, sometimes I'd close my eyes and then realize I got my eyes closed going down the road. And I'd talk to my wife. And I'm going down the road. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, bless this place. Help them, God. Open their eyes. Be merciful to them. And Father, I pray for favor for my boss. Lord, I pray that Mark would see. Lord, I pray that he would understand. Be merciful to Mark. And God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Rod. Father, give him a heart of peace. 
God, you see how he gets sometimes. Give him some peace. Don't worry about that, Rod. It's okay. It's just between me and God and 300 people. Say, so I'm going to work. Remember what I said about Philip? I'm going to work and how the guy, how this, it was just gone. He was just gone then. I'm going to work the other day and this happens a lot, but this was one that was really fresh. So I don't, I don't like that when people give me testimonies from 10 years ago. I just, that, it drives me crazy. You know, it's like going to the gym and I don't look like it. But I'm 58 and a half years old. That's not what I don't look like. But I work out in the gym four days a week. I lift weights and, you know, and all in the gym. Well, I used to lift 450 pounds. Well, what can you lift now? 83? I don't want to hear about 450 then. Turn that 450 or that 83 back into 450, then come talk to me. But right now, we're going to lay on that bench, and you and I are going to bench 250, and we'll see how many we do. Same thing spiritually. I don't want to know what you did. You know what? Yesterday's strength is all gone. And I don't want to hear about things that happened 20 years ago. We don't serve a God who, you know, that's really idolatry at its best. Remembering God for things he did 100 years ago, and then thinking that somehow validates what we're, where we're at today. So I was walking down, the, I was in the spirit at work, brother. Come on over here. And I'm done here in just a couple of minutes. I want you to stand right here. I don't want you looking at me, I want you to, or anybody, I just want you to be right here. I'm walking down here, walking down this, this thing, down along the press, and I'm just thinking about how the night's going. But I'm in the spirit. I've walked with integrity. I've prayed. I've sought God's face. I've, I've asked God's uh, mercy over the place and, and prayed that God would give me an opportunity to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm walking by here, and all of a sudden, there was just, again, I'm telling you, I've never heard God audibly. I get right here, and God just stopped. In my heart, I had to stop. And the Lord said, turn around. And he, this guy's working here. And the Lord said, that man, that young man is hungry. Now, I don't know what anybody else, you know, you've got to know God to hear that. You have to head, spend time. I'm not talking to this kid. So I said, yeah, I said, hey, Ben. Only the guy's name wasn't Ben. Hey, Ben. So you can turn around now. Do you eat anything today? No. You can go ahead and sit down. And I walked up to that young man. And I said, I was walking by here. I said, and I just felt in my heart. I just, this is straight off the cuff, straight off the street Christianity. I said, I was walking by here because I know how Philip must have felt when he ran up to that chariot. I walked up there and I said, can I buy you a sandwich? But I said, first I said, have you had anything to eat today? And he said, no, nothing. I said, can I buy you a sandwich and a bag of chips and, and a milk? And he said to me, looked at me and he said, anything would help. He said, anything would be much appreciated. And I'm like, holy cow. I said, just wait a minute, but I'll be back. So I go to the machine, get him something, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart. My wife has these, this was your life tracks. 
It's happened to be the same track that I read the day I gave my heart to Christ, so I'm very partial to them. I'm going to hand them out in a minute. No, I'm just kidding. So I come back. I went up to my office, got a This Was Your Life track. Took this stuff there, and I, and I said, uh, I got, you know, and the Lord really spoke to me specifically then on the way back. And you said, he said, you tell him I love him and that my son died for him. Okay, do you get fired for this stuff where I'm at? Now, my boss wouldn't fire me. He loves me. I have great favor with him. But I've, but I've had that challenge before. So I said to him, and this, God is my witness. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I said to him, young man, and I'm... I'm I'm a great man of God. I'm not having a lot of trouble. Okay, I'm having a lot of trouble with this, and I'm probably shaking a little bit because I'm obeying God. I said, young man, I was walking by here. I said, and the Lord shared with me that you had nothing to eat. And he said, you're... What he said. I said, no. I said, I'm serious, God specifically said to feed that young man he's hungry and tell him that I love him and I sent my son to die for him and that if he would ask Jesus to forgive him he'd be saved and I said so young man I want you to know that I'm doing this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and I told him how to get saved I shared the gospel with him and I did just what Philip did You know what? I never saw that man again. He was just gone. Never even finished the night. That was my Ethiopian eunuch. That was a guy that that God loved very, very much. And out of frustration, maybe, he could even even use me. But I was in the spirit on the third day. I didn't tell you this. I'm going to close with this. I was in the second day of a fast about coming here and speaking to you. I totally consecrated myself. And for two days I fasted. And I was hearing God very, very clearly. The men of God need to fast again. They need to learn to fast again. They need to learn to consecrate themselves and say, I need to hear God. And God will give you such specific direction and he'll heal and he'll bring to life that which was dead and he'll use you to do it and you'll wake up in the morning and you'll just be waiting to hear for your next marching order Would you stand with me today? We have a saying where I come from. Don't tell me, show me. Talk is cheap and I ain't buying it. That's how God is. God has people that are dying while we're sitting in the church singing hymns. And rightfully so. We need to sing. We need to worship the Lord. But don't forget why we're here. Don't forget why we're here. 
Just like Jesus came to give life and that life more abundantly, He wants you to go and give His life and tell them there's hope, there's deliverance, there's security, there's peace, real peace. There's a God who loves you. Come, come, come. Come, come, come. My heart breaks for you. Come. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us, God. Help us, God, to walk in the Spirit, to determine in our heart to hear your voice and obey. God, I pray over these men and women, Lord, that they would determine today, they would determine in their heart today, those who have not and those who have, God, they would hear, they would pray again for ears to hear and eyes that see, and a concern, God, give me a concern for those whom your heart breaks over and your heart is reaching for. Give us that heart again, God, that breaks over the lost. I ask this, Father, help us, God, to walk in your spirit, to be really to be seated in heavenly places, to dwell in your tent, and then to be sent. In Jesus' name. And the body said...